Welcome to another edition of Canton Bound, the NFL half of our Campus to Canton podcast. As always, I'm Colin. And this is Austin. And we are back after a, a little bit of a hiatus for Canton Bound while we were, were working on working on something big. Um, we, you know, we hope you guys didn't miss us too much. Austin, you happy to be back? Well, they still got us once a week, you know, so um, and at this right. point, everywhere, it's just everybody. The, seemingly, the world is buying the Bengals. So at that, you know, I don't know that we didn't miss anything because it would have just been me sitting here shitting on the Bengals for the entire episode for the past three weeks. So that's a good point. Um, I'm sure people didn't miss us, but we missed them, obviously. Yeah. All yeah, of our people. I missed all of our people. All of the, people. the best people. I missed uh, I, I missed, missed talking to him twice a week. Yeah. Now we're Aww, back. Thanks, Colin. Not you, the people. Oh, the people. Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. I was no, going to say, I, I, would, I wish I could tell you this feeling was mutual. but Yeah. No, no, no. That makes no. more sense. Just the people. Just the people. Um, but didn't really miss too much, you know, news-wise in the NFL, right? It was pretty quiet. Nothing happened. I can't really think of anything that's happened besides the playoffs. But, I mean, right, you know. Right. Right. We'll get the... Well, next week we'll have the uh, the Bengals Rams Super Bowl. You got a mm-hmm, got a favorite mm-hmm. there? You're you asking me the already. You rooting for the no? Well, just like somebody you want to win. You rooting for the Rams? Oh yeah, I'm rooting for the Rams. I I literally I'm a lifelong Rams fan. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, that's why Rams. Big LA guy. Ooh, that's out there in your yacht. My shades. Yeah. <laughs> um. All right. Well, enough enough chit chat. Uh, we'll uh, we'll we'll break into it here. Um, but you know, before we do that, definitely, you know, if you, if you haven't subscribed yet to campus, head over there, check us out. Uh, got a ton of stuff over on the, uh, YouTube page as well. Um, Chris Moxley starting the college football filtered, uh, daily show. It's going to be coming to you live in the mornings. Um, you know, check that out there too. Uh, but this podcast is part of the fantasy points media group, along with a ton of other great pods, including the true North fantasy podcast play to win podcast dynasty happy hour injury prone podcast with dr edwin porus dynasty vipers the smoke show triple play and the fantasy points podcast you can follow all of them on twitter at fantasy points live or check out the friday drops that recap the week in the fantasy points media group um now we'll get into a little bit of the news here that we missed while we were away um your uh your your steelers had something some something happened here, didn't they? They got knocked out of the playoffs. Oh no, that's not what me, I was getting at. It made me sad. Is it? Oh, the thing that didn't make me sad. Yeah, about yeah. Ben leaving. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Big Ben retires officially. Maybe uh, maybe a year too late. You know, maybe maybe should have hung it up last year. He didn't really look that great this year. But besides the point, still a great career for him. You know, um, you as a lifelong Steelers fan, obviously very sad here. I just said I'm uh, a lifelong Rams fan. Which part of that didn't you understand? <laughs> Steelers, who? What? Uh, so then you're not upset about Kevin Col- Kevin Colbert also stepping down? Ugh, that's worse than Ben Ben leaving, in mm-hmm. my opinion. No, I know. Yeah, yeah, that, that big big impact there. But I'm a Rams fan, so right doesn't bother me. Mm-mm. Right, no sir, doesn't bother you at all. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, Kevin Colbert at least staying on through the draft, uh, from what I've seen there. Have they n- named like a successor yet? They haven't officially, but it's going to be one of the in-house guys we have. I figured. Um, we've, we've got a couple. Our front office is like 
been together for forever. I'm not looking to be saying our. It's not the Rams. <laughs> what am I talking about? The Steelers front office has been together for a very long time. Uh, it's going to be a promotion from within. So, gotcha. Um, yeah, there's, there's a, I, I don't want to say a zero percent chance, maybe a five percent chance that they hire from outside. That's just not how they do things there, uh, especially in that front office. Mm-hmm. For sure, yeah. for sure. So, uh, looks like Kevin Colbert or and or new GM may have a hand in picking a new QB in this draft, unless you're thinking Mason Rudolph. They like they're saying that, but I know that they, they have, have no to. intention of. <laughs> yeah, you. Well, yeah, we just don't feel like the guys on the roster right now are kind of a slap in the face to the guy that you have signed at least for at least another year. Um, yeah, I, I, um, the person who starts, I don't want to say day one, cause if they draft a rookie, I guess there's an outside chance that, you know, Mason does start the first couple games of the season or something like that. Um, but there, there's no, the person that they have the intention of starting the majority of the games next season is not currently on the roster. It's the, it's the fact. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. I would be, I'd be shocked if, uh, if Rudolph or Haskins is still on the roster too, right? Dwayne Haskins. He is, and I believe we picked up. Uh, he had some. Like, he's saying we again. We had some sort of option. <laughs> I don't exactly remember what option it was, but the Steelers did pick that up. So he will probably be back for next year. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, either way, I don't think Rudolph or Haskins is going to be the answer there. Um, so, but if you have either of them, I would sell them right now for literally whatever you can get. The problem is nobody out there is is pretending like they are. Like I just did a startup, and um, uh, Haskins was not selected. We just finished the twenty fifth round. Haskins was not selected, and Rudolph like negligible draft <laughs> capital that you had to spend on him. Like nobody is acting like either of those. Guys. Like you're not selling them. Like, it's just not. There's there's no market unless you play with a bunch of dummies. Um, but I feel like if you're this deep into fantasy, your league probably isn't just a bunch of dummies. Mm-hmm. Like, there's probably some sort of, you know, decent uh, managerial experience right. within your league. I don't know. Right. I, I would assume, unless you just have fun beating up on dummies. Not that we're giving, like, if you're this deep into it, you probably do fairly deep into Dynasty, too. So. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, if, if you're listening to our show, I'm assuming you're probably pretty deep into fantasy here. But yes, so. not everybody listens to our show for some reason. I, don't, I can't figure out why, you know. Well, then they're never going to hear this conversation, so we're golden. <laughs> that, that's a fair point. You're, you're not point. doing yourself over here. We're gone for four weeks. That's a fair point. That's a fair point. I was trying to drum up interest to our show here, but, you know. Again, if they don't listen to this show, then you're not drumming up any interest. <laughs> oh. uh, all right. Well, moving on. Uh, there was another player that retired here. Tom Brady. Retired after a long and illustrious career. Um, how many years was it? He was drafted in what? Oh, two. Well, no, two? he was right. He won the Super Bowl in 01, right? Um, oh, yeah, that's right. I yeah, think he was drafted so in 2000. 2000. I think it's been 22 years. He's 44. Yeah, he's old. He, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, hangs it up. Um, then didn't hang it up and then did hang it up. So officially retired at this point. Um, do you do you feel bad for him that Schefter, like, are you were you morally outraged by by Shefty's quote unquote leaking of that before Tom was ready to announce it himself? Um, 
I don't have a strong feeling either way about it, but I do think it's, I do hate the, I have to be first to everything mentality nowadays in essentially all media. Um, you know, if you're not first, you're last. So I kind of hate that. Yeah. I, I do kind of hate that Shefty broke that. They're both Michigan men, you know, Shefty couldn't do him a solid hang on to that one, but I, I yeah, I, I don't, I, I, the moral outrage to me is very weird. And I, mm. um, I feel similarly that you, to you do about how, you know, the, the, if you ain't first, your last is a little played out at this point, but, um, I feel like that's a big story. Like mm. I don't blame, and it's not hurting anybody. Like, it's not like a TMZ ish. Like, I'm trying not to, I'm trying to shock something. Piece. It's like not the most outrageous thing. Like, mm-hmm. Tom Brady has AIDS. <laughs> would have been a story. <laughs> would have been a story that if, that if Schefter leaked that before Tom Brady was ready to do it himself, would have been outrageous. Yes. Tom Brady is retiring, is not. In, you know, the, his leaking of that was not morally repugnant. And I think people just are so it's if it if it leaked early, then it's bad. Mm-hmm. And I think if you like just look at the context of the story and let's fight another battle another day, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, was that too? No, I, see, I, was, I was trying like I, the, what, what would be an out, a less outrageous story that is no, like, non-criminal? Because like, I don't no, want to I don't want to have a soundbite in court in two years that, that's like Tom Brady's up yeah mm-hmm. i'm not even gonna say it i don't want to be yeah. in court don't want to be yes. in court yes no 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 that's a good point um I, I just was not expecting you to go there but yes it's not like it's somebody's medical history it's not like it's even a or it's, it's not like it's anything like that um so like i wasn't morally outraged by it but i was just i understand why tom brady was annoyed for sure uh but with tom brady stepping down uh, leaves an opening in what's a is a fairly high powered offense. Uh, Mike Evans is locked up there long term. You got to think that they're probably going to try to lock up Godwin again. Still, too, they haven't ruled out Gronkowski coming back at this point. Um, you know, so th- they have um, Tyler Johnson's there. They have some. They have some pieces. Is it Kyle Trask? Tyler Johnson, who looked like crap in the playoffs. That down the stretch, that Tyler Johnson. Well, okay, yes, that one. But he was getting okay. time. But anyway, Let's is it Kyle it. Trask season? That's another one where I feel like they, you know, they're probably going to say we're Kyle's our guy, and then they're going to go out and find somebody else this off season. Um, I don't know if they'll trade for somebody big. If because I mean they actually they're one of the few teams that like obviously people weren't talking about because Tom Brady was there. But, you know, if you're looking, if you're saying, you know, for Aaron Rodgers to go somewhere and he wants to go somewhere where obviously he doesn't want to go to a, you know, he doesn't want to go play for the Bill or not the the, uh, the Giants. Like he doesn't want to go play for He wants to go play for a good team. The Buccaneers are the kind of team that would probably be willing to push some chips into the middle of the table um, because they have the line. They have the weapons. The defense is, is, is very, very good. They just were banged up last year. Um, it wouldn't shock me as a Rodgers destination. Yeah, um, no, I, I agree with that. I, I don't I don't know if they'd pay enough for a Russ or somebody like that, but because mm. I think I think Rogers is going to be cheaper than people think, and people are going to be surprised by how little. I'm not saying he's going to go for, for a fourth round pick. I think people are going to be surprised how little Aaron Rodgers mm. goes for at the end of the day. 
honestly, I think you could probably get him for a single first. Yeah. You know, like, I don't think I don't think it's going to be a Matt Stafford price. No, Matt Stafford has a couple more years left on him than I think Aaron Rodgers does. Plus, he also doesn't come with all of the will he won't he retire and like some other baggage that Rodgers has too. Um, you know, Stafford's a pretty from everything I've ever heard of a pretty well-liked guy in pretty much every locker room he's ever been in. And, you know, you, you hear some people Rodgers may rub the wrong way a little bit. Some people love him. Some people hate him. He's not everybody's cup of tea, but I think that's something that would factor in there. But no, I think that that makes a lot of sense as an Aaron Rodgers destination. Um, assuming that they can't get Rodgers though, there's a lot of very mediocre quarterbacks in the uh in the free agency pool i think Jameis winston is going to be a free agent uh mitch trubisky will be another free agent um uh there was one more i can't remember exactly who we talked about on the uh on the free agency show that i did with kevin coleman a while back when you were out but um there's a couple guys in there, but nobody you really feel good about winning with. And then they're far enough down in the draft that I don't think you're getting anybody in in the draft that you feel good about starting right away. Is there at least an outside shot that you think Trask starts here? To find outside chance. I think there's a less than 10% chance. Okay. Putting I was going to say greater than 20. I was going to say 25%. No. no, I don't think so. I don't think they have any intention of Kyle Trask ever like really starting a football game there. So then was that a wasted pick in the second yes. round? Okay. Yes. Interesting. Interesting. I, I I do think there's like a 25% chance that, that Trask would start this year. That roster, I don't think that it'll roster go well. Is too, that roster is too good and the window is too short for them to say, let's give Kyle a try and have zero other option. It just well, I'm not saying zero other from option. a team, but what other option do you pick up then? Like if you pick up Jameis Winston, Jameis Winston isn't going there to back up Kyle Trask. And he's probably not going back to Tampa Bay anyway. Fair. Like I don't Mitch Trubisky. I don't see that as a, as a real option. Again, I don't, wouldn't want Mitch Trubisky as my starter. Like the, the, neither of those options are good. Like I don't <laughs> think a team that has that, like super windows are so short and that roster is so ro- locked and ready. I don't think you can say yes, Kyle, or yes, Mitch. We'll let you rehab your career here, or we'll let you know. We'll be. It's too important of a position. If it was, you know, their starting right guard or something, maybe they'd be a little more uh, okay with doing that. I cannot see them handing okay. the keys to some unproven dude at quarterback. I just cannot see that. Okay. Well, I mean, maybe they don't pay up to get a Rodgers, but you got to think that a Matt Ryan, a Derek Carr. Can you get Matt some... Ryan in division? No, I don't. Think I can't they see would. that happening. I don't think yeah. they would. Um, but I'm seeing somebody along those lines. Derek Carr has next year's his last year in his contract. I think Kirk Cousins last year is this year as well. So maybe they make a move for one of those guys. Baker. Yeah, I mean somebody. I think Carr stays in Oakland for like his career. I think so too. I you don't mean think Las that Vegas. one's very likely. I know I'm just crossing all the names off the list that you're throwing out here. It's a lot, yeah, you're, a lot you're, easier to you're, say you're, no than to make the list. You're really um, killing. You're you're really killing the show here. I am I am unapologetic. Um, I like I just don't know. I think I think you either have to make a big trade up and get a like a, a rookie, which again is risky. Mm-hmm. 
and probably more expensive than going out and getting Aaron Rodgers. You're really resigned to this Aaron Rodgers. To I really think they're going to push hard for him. And unless Green Bay doesn't want to keep him in the NFC, which is possible, they might charge a premium for a team in the NFC to come get him because they don't want to see him a couple times a year or whatever in the playoffs. I think that logically, that is the most ready roster. And if Aaron Rodgers has as much say as we think he does, then I don't know why he wouldn't point to that roster and say, that's the one I want to go to if he gets this choice. Fair enough. We will see. We'll see how this plays out. Uh, we have another semi-retirement here, but it's more it was labeled as stepping down. Uh, Sean Payton, head coach of the Saints for 15 years, stepping down. Um, the Saints kind of underperformed this year. I mean, they without Drew Brees, they just could not really get the quarterback position solved. Jameis Winston was up and down, and then he got hurt, and then they had Taysom Hill, who's not even really a quarterback. Um, they're kind of going through a rebuild at this point. So, and I haven't heard any real rumors as to anybody they've been connected to as far as the coaches. Have you? No, I haven't heard anything. Um, be interesting to see who they end up going with. Yeah, because that's, I mean, I know Sean Payton and, and Drew Brees were a lot of the draw for New Orleans, and they are now neither one of them are there. But you got to think that there's still a level of prestige around the Saints job that may not be there around some other positions that had been open. If you're a head coach, though, and the Saints don't have a super early first round pick, I mean, it's not, you know, 25, but it's not super early. You don't really have much offensively outside of Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara. Michael Thomas might not be there anymore. You, so I, I read a really good breakdown the other day of their cap right now. And it's obviously, you know, we like the Saints are like the, the cap is a myth team. Like that, that's, you know, they basically, that we say that because of them. Mm-hmm. But they have hit the point where the cap can no longer not be a myth. <laughs> like <laughs> reading what the stuff that they have to do to get below the cap is not particularly enticing. Like they have to cut a bunch of guys. They have to restructure a lot of contracts that the guys are getting older and you probably would prefer not to have to restructure them. I don't think the Saints job looks very appealing, especially to a young up and coming person where if you go there and you fail, you might not get another job for a long time. It's a good point. It's a good point. I I mean, would you Saints job or Texans job? I have to choose one of those. Mm-hmm. I'll at least take the Saints because I don't think the Texans owner is sane. <laughs> that creates some issues there. So it's fair enough. Those are the two. What else is open? The Jags. What about the Jags job? <laughs> Holy crap. I mean, is there much debate that probably the two worst ownership situations in the NFL right now? I'm not talking about the owners that we hate the most or the uh, like the, the biggest, you know, assholes. The two worst ownership situations are there two that are worse than Jacksonville and Houston? Um so the I will say that possibly Miami given everything that's going on down there, that could end up worse depending on how the whole 
um, Stephen Ross paying Flores to lose games ends up. Um, but outside of those, outside of that situation, which we don't really know, no, maybe the Jets, maybe, but that's about it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I can't think of anybody else off the top of my head. So you um, would take the Saints job over at least Jags. I would, because at least the ownership <laughs> is again sane and it's stable. I, kudos to Byron Leftwich for doing what he did. Did you hear about what he did today? They yeah, basically he's... said like, I I will only come and take your jo- take that job if you get rid of Trent Balky. It sounds like they told him no. Mm-hmm. Um, so he would yeah he withdrew his yeah. name from consideration i did see that that feels like one of those plays though where he withdrew his name from consideration in the same way that michael scott does when he's going for the corporate job <laughs> 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 after he you know causes all the issues and he's like i'm withdrawing my name like that kind of feels like uh, you gave him an ultimatum and they said you know go screw yourself and he was like okay i, I withdraw my name that kind of feels like that yeah i mean i I would prefer Leftwich to be honest with you, but Kudo, I mean, kudos to him. I don't know what Trent Bulky has on these guys that that he keeps a job for this long, but um, whatevs. Yeah, yeah. So we'll we'll see how that shakes out. Um, not a lot. Of, we'll, you know, we'll talk a little bit more about the coaching carousel here a little later, but uh, the Saints' job will be one to keep an eye on. Mm-hmm. Uh, last bit of news here, and this is just something that I think was a pretty cool story. Uh, we don't have to spend too much time on it because I literally don't know anything about these prospects outside of what I looked up for this show. But uh, they held the first ever HBCU combine this year. Um, it's a combine specifically for players from HBCUs, which, you know, anybody who doesn't necessarily know what that stands for, it's historically black colleges and universities. Um, they They held this on, I believe it was the 29th. Um, yeah it was or, last weekend i think yeah it was, it was this past weekend uh they held it in mobile and you know there were a lot of league executives there they had a lot of uh you know some of the more accomplished hbcus uh players in recent memory like uh Don, dominic rogers camardi donald driver some of those guys there um but i thought this was pretty cool there were a couple guys that stood out um reportedly from from reports Alabama State running back Ezra Gray was listed as a standout. He's 5'9", 171. Um, reportedly looked very explosive, uh, very athletic. 10-foot, 3-inch broad jump, 38.5-inch vert. Did not run the 40 due to a hamstring, but he said he expects to be able to run at, you know, in the 4'2 or 4'3 range whenever he does run his 40, which obviously it's probably a little bit inflated, but... They said he looked very athletic there. Um, he has a, a history. He never cracked a thousand yards. Um, you know, he never cracked more than than four offensive touchdowns there. Um, but he had some receiving production there. He was getting a little bit of draft buzz. I saw uh, there was a mock draft that had him taken. It was a full mock draft that had him taken in. The, I believe it was the sixth round. So he's getting a little bit of buzz. Um, North Carolina A&T running back Jermaine Martin was also listed as a standout. Uh, he's 5'11", 211, so got lead back NFL size. Um, led the FCS with 23 touchdowns in 2019. Uh, rushed for 1,200 yards, um, 29 total touchdowns. Um, 
had kind of a down year. They did not play in 2020 um, and then kind of had a down year in 2021. Uh, another receiver had another big day there. Sa- Southern wide receiver Marcus McLean was also listed as a standout. He started his career at Auburn before transferring to Southern. I hit a 10-foot, 2-inch broad jump. Um, his best season, 29 catches, 413 yards, four touchdowns. Um, one rushing touchdown on the ground. That was this past year. So, you know, not anybody that's probably going to get drafted real high, but, you know, just maybe some guys to keep an eye on this for depending on where they end up, depending on what the, you know, situation ends up being there. I have zero interest in any of them. That's definitely fair. That's definitely fair. Um, Yeah, there hasn't been a lot of buzz around these guys. Again, more just something I thought was a pretty cool story. So, so yeah, it's it's cool, and I'm it's going to be interesting to see if they can continue to build this up and make it, you know, as an event. Because I mm-hmm. I got the sense that even though it was the first one this year, it still wasn't quite like the like I didn't even hear about it until it was happening. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, at least hearing about it, you know, a week or two beforehand. But like, Marquise McLean was a freshman in 2017. Jermaine Martin was a freshman in 2016. Like, these dudes are like 30. <laughs> not not to like crap on them or anything like it and, and then the other dude would just five nine one seventy one i mean this is not there is nothing intriguing there at all um probably I'll be honest I, i'll be honest and that it'll be interesting to see if the travis hunter and kevin coleman thing if that ends up boosting you know some stock for for others eventually um but that none of that is interesting to me right now yeah, no, that's definitely fair. I think, like you said, you know, the the Travis Hunter and the and the um, Kevin Coleman situation could help raise that profile at least mm-hmm. um, for anybody you know listening who doesn't know. Uh, Travis Hunter was the number one overall recruit this year. Um, could have played cornerback or wide receiver at a number of different places. Ended up going to Jackson State to play with Dion. Uh, Kevin Coleman was a four-star wide receiver also elected to go to jackson state um he was projected to go to usc i think miami miami yeah miami before ending up going to to join Deion sanders mm-hmm. there so um you know a lot of buzz coming up for them so maybe they can grow the event by the time those guys get there and they have malachi weidman there right now malachi weidman yeah, he started. Steve started there last year at Jackson State. He was like their big play receiver. Huh? Yeah, I don't think a ton I, of yards and touchdowns. I'm pretty sure. Interesting. I don't think I realized that actually because mm-hmm. he was at ten, he was from at Tennessee. He flamed out of Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Um, all right. Well, like I said, just kind of something I thought was pretty cool, and I wanted to mention there. Um, we'll get into kind of the meat of the show here. Uh, coaching carousel. A lot of moving parts here. Uh, like we touched on, there's still the Jags job is still open. Uh, the Texans job is still open. The Saints job is still open. The Vikings job is still open. And the Dolphins job is still open, I believe, mm-hmm. as well. Correct? Yes, they all okay. are. Yeah. Uh, I, now, the rumors are that once the Rams are, you know, once the Super Bowl is over, that the Vikings will hire offensive coordinator Kevin O'Connell. We'll see how that goes. But Coaches that did land somewhere. Uh, We got the Las Vegas Raiders giving Josh McDaniels a second chance. Uh, He's been the offensive coordinator for the Patriots since 2012, which I actually did not realize he was there for that long. He was there for a decade. I didn't either. That seems like 
just yesterday sounds so cliche. It doesn't seem like that long ago that he failed as a head coach the first time around. Mm -hmm. That that doesn't feel like it's 10 years plus ago. So, yeah. 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 And then, you know, there was the whole, he was going to go to the Colts thing and then spurned them. Um, But I, you know, we, so uh, I want to add of all the opportunities that he's probably had over the last decade, Obviously, maybe he shot himself in the foot a little bit with the Colts and kind of, you know, reneging on whatever deal that they had there. Mm-hmm. This feels like a weird opportunity. Like there was nothing better that was going to come along. Maybe maybe interviews were starting to dry up because he'd been there so long and, and maybe turned so many jobs down. I don't, the Raiders feels like a weird. Like It's not like they're so close to a Super Bowl that he's like, yeah, this is my second and probably final chance. It's a very, very weird uh, match. Do you, uh, do you think that or am I am I kind of alone on that? No, no, I actually I completely agree with you. I was kind of surprised that he's been turning down head coaching jobs and and opportunities for the past at least five years, probably longer than that. And then he chooses to go to this Raiders team while they do have pieces there. You know, Derek Carr is a fine quarterback, you know, but he's not anything that's going to be attractive to somebody else. He's not, you know, I don't think Josh McDaniels is sitting there going, I want to go coach Derek Carr. There's no big young piece there either. No, but you know what I mean? Like it's, you know, Darren Waller's a little bit older, Hunter Renfro, you know, whatever. I don't think he would be, he was in college for 37 the, years. The, too. the guy that would tip the scale either way. <laughs> Brian Edwards, they don't, I mean, they, they don't have a lot of wide receiver. Josh Jacobs is a fine running back. Again, not a guy that I would say, you know, I'm trying to build my offense around. Um, it's, it's very, very, the offensive line is fine. Again, it's just, I don't know what the draw would be there besides just offers had started to dry up and he felt like if he didn't jump at this, then he would never get another opportunity. That's what it feels like to me. I think that's, I think that's pretty accurate assessment. Obviously we'll never know for sure, but you know, there were so many jobs open this cycle that I I felt like he had to take one this time Mm -hmm. around. And, you know, for what it's worth, the Raiders, were you know a timeout away from going to the playoffs this year so yeah Yeah, i mean they they were close um with a lot of bad things happening there so i mean i guess that that's your glass half full argument is that you know they were so close last year and they had all these you know gruden happened and mayock uh is is obviously gone now and henry ruggs and um Mm -hmm. who's the is damon arnett is that the corner i don't want to throw anybody under the bus and they're just like a totally normal dude he, um, yeah, it, it, Damon Arnett's the one with the, I believe it was, was it domestic violence. Well, and wasn't he just, he was the one I'm pretty sure that there was a new story. He was in Vegas or something with a gun or something. Doing oh something. yeah, yeah, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't like, so like they've had a lot of different issues. Yeah. They drafted know, him, I believe. All their, you know, Farrell was not very good last year. Like they've, it's, uh, it is a very bizarre. I actually don't have a read on them. They're one of the few teams this offseason. I just like have no read at all on like what they're going to do, mm-hmm. if they're actually good or not. It's a tough division. It's getting tougher every year. Mm-hmm. Maybe yeah, he's well, supposed to get back at the Broncos that bad. That's the only other explanation <laughs> I can think of. I mean, I think the Broncos have a better overall team. I just think they're a quarterback Probably. away. Yeah. Um, but so you know we touched on touched on it a little bit earlier just tangentially but you you think Derek Carr is going to stay there this year I know there had been some rumors about possibly being traded or something he's just um, good enough where he's not a guy you get rid of mm-hmm. you know what i mean 
Um, he's like just over at the Dalton line or whatever. I don't know what we're calling it nowadays since Andy Dalton isn't really a thing anymore. Um, the Derek Carr line? <laughs> could be. <laughs> Can he be over the line though? If he is the line, this, <laughs> this is just this is messing with my 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 brain here. Um, yeah, I mean, one other possibility that I just wanted to throw out there: if Derek Carr, you know, if they do end up moving Derek Carr and they do need a quarterback, I think Jimmy G is a bit of a is a bit of an interesting name there. Um, with the the connection with uh, Josh McDaniels, you know, at, at the Patriots, so. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't know where Jimmy G is going to end up, but I think Vegas is a place to keep an eye on there. So my question, my follow-up question to that, I know we don't want to stick on this topic for forever. Jimmy G's not a an upgrade, and I don't know that anybody would think that he's a significant upgrade, except for maybe Jimmy G. <laughs> and B, is he cheaper than Derek Carr? Like, even if you're like, we're going to save some cash because car, like, is he cheaper? I don't think that he is at least, you know, not like you, you're potentially spending more money to make a, at best lateral move. I don't know. I mean, some of these teams just do odd stuff, but that would, that would be a move that would really kind of shock me a little bit. I think that that's, I'm more just putting that out there in case they do move car, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, if car is like, I want an opportunity somewhere else. I don't necessarily think that happens, but um, you know, Jimmy G will be on the move most likely. And I think that's, you know, an outside shot in case something happens to car. Uh, we'll move it to the New York giants here. They hired Brian dabble, the offensive coordinator from Buffalo. Uh, he was also at Alabama under the, uh, the Nick Saban tree for, for a number of years. Uh, Brian Dabble's most notably credited fairly heavily for the development of Josh Allen, um, which leads to the next question. Is Daniel Jones the next Josh Allen? You wonder if it's too late. <laughs> I said that more tongue in cheek. I know uh, <laughs> um, that, would, that would just be my my counter question. Um, like Josh Allen was in that atmosphere from day one. Mm-hmm. I don't think we ever had a chance for him to mentally just be, you know, beaten down below a certain point. It feels like Daniel Jones is past that point. Not even to speak on, you know, him as a player or anything like that. It, it feels like it's just too late uh, for him to be in the same place. So, you know, it, that, that, that feels like a big ask. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Also, he sucks. But yes. mm-hmm. um, <laughs> I didn't want to say that. But yeah, oh, and for a number of other reasons besides he sucks, he's probably not the next Josh Allen. Probably not. Um, they have what two? Is it two top ten picks? I believe they're close. They're borderline on one of them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they have an early pick. Uh, it's in the top five, I believe, like top three. And then they also have another top ten pick. Is this? Do they go quarterback here in this draft? Brian Dabble goes and gets his guy. I don't think it hurts. I mean, the team needs a lot mm-hmm. for sure. Um, they pick right now, they pick um, fifth mm. and then they pick seventh. Okay. I, I'm, it's tough because I think, you know, teams always need quarterback. And I think you have to balance that. But I think teams also realize this probably isn't like the best quarterback year ever. Mm-hmm. 
Like I think I do think legitimately that Hutchinson and Thibodeau will both go top five or six or seven or whatever. I think Kyle Hamilton has a chance to go in there. So at that point, you know, three of the the five picks that aren't theirs in the top seven, you can realistically probably project as non-quarterback unless, you know, somebody's trading out. And I don't think someone's trading up for a defensive end. Like it's just one of those drafts where there probably won't be that much movement at the top. I think you can probably sit still and possibly, you know, if you have two guys you like, I think you can probably get one of them at five. That's granted, assuming that they have two guys that they like and not maybe just <laughs> one. Um, I feel like you don't have to move up there. And that's a, a waste, a little bit of a waste of capital. But uh, if you get your quarterback, you get your quarterback. So, yeah, I don't think they need to move up to get their guy. A guy that I think would be interesting in their system would be Matt Corral. Uh, You know, I think that there's some comparisons there to to Josh Allen, at least tools wise. Um, You know, and, and they're both more aggressive quarterbacks as well. So. I think Dabble could maybe see some of some Josh Allen in, in Corral. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily know if there are any other quarterbacks that would really interest him that much. Sam Howell is probably my QB one in this class because he's the safest, which I, I value that. I think some of those other guys are, are very boom bust uh, that are up there, but I don't necessarily know if Brian Dabble would go that safe route. I don't like any of the quarterbacks. I'm sure one or two of them will hit. I tweeted this out today. I don't have much of a feel on this quarterback class. Like, I really don't. Um, there are a couple different picks, depending on who takes a, like a specific guy that would probably sell me on them more. But I don't have a good read on like any of these guys at all. So it's a tough year. It I'm sure like year. I'm it's so hard to say that like all five of the guys that everybody likes are going to suck. Like one of them probably <laughs> ends up being okay. At least it's just like, good luck. Which guessing one which are you one taking? Yeah. 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 Which one are you going to put your money on and your reputation as a coach? I don't have a reputation. Oh, you mean as a coach? Okay. As a coach. Yeah. 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 No, not you. No, you. Yeah, mine's already in the toilet. It's yeah. Fine. Yeah. Um, especially with giants fans. Exactly. Um, Next head coach hired Denver Broncos hired uh, Nathaniel Hackett. He was the offensive coordinator for the Packers. Um, I think overall we credit a lot of that system and a lot of the Packers offensive success to one Aaron Rodgers and two Matt LaFleur. Mm-hmm. Is that accurate? I think so. So I, I, I know Nathaniel Hackett was a pretty popular name here. I'll be very interested to see how this this hire turns out. I don't have a great gauge for how successful he's going to be or what scheme he's going to run. Uh, because like I said, I do think a lot of that success came from LaFleur and Rodgers. But it sounds like he's well thought of, at least in NFL circles. He's going to have an opportunity to go get a quarterback if he wants or ride with Locke, or I think Bridgewater is still there for another year. Um, but like we touched on, Denver's like kind of like a quarterback away here. So do you think Nathaniel Hackett, do you think they go quarterback here and try and get that resolved? Well, they're the only other spot, I think, beyond Tampa that could go for Rodgers. Mm-hmm. Like, like I think both of them will at least inquire and those seem like the two teams that are most built to have Aaron Rodgers, and he would probably those would be the two places that he would probably want to go the most um so I think they could go that route the thing is I don't think I'd offer the ninth overall pick straight up no it's a little too expensive 
but a yeah. second is probably too cheap. So yeah. I don't know what compromise they end up making there. The what ninth they... for Rodgers and their and the Bronco or the Packers first. Uh, that I feel like if I'm the Packers though, then like I'm giving up. I'm giving up a lot there. Um, like I don't. I they'd have to get something creative. Um, yeah. At the end of the day, though, if you're the Broncos and you think you know you're there, I think you know you could convince yourself to say F it. You could give up a 2023 first if you think you're That's there. True. That's true. Bet on yourself. That's true. Yeah. I don't know if if Green Bay would do that or not either, but because yeah. you would presume if you're trading the Broncos, Aaron Rodgers, that, that pick probably is not close to ninth overall next season. If you yeah. had to guess, obviously stranger things have happened. Yeah. Yeah, definitely fair. So that's that's going to be a situation definitely to monitor. Because like we said, they have a lot of pieces there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know we're both Ju- Jerry Judy fans. They have Cortland Sutton. Tim Patrick is a very, very good number three. Uh, they have Noah Fant at tight end. Everybody's favorite running back in Javante Williams. So they have a lot of pieces. A lot of pieces. That'll be an interesting situation to keep an eye on. Chicago Bears hire Matt Eberflus. As their head coach, I think I pronounced that correctly. He was the defensive coordinator for Indy this past year. Uh, he's also a guy who his name had kind of been floated around for you know last cycle as well. So kind of figure he was probably going to get a shot at this point. Um, we don't really care too much about defense on this show. Uh, so the offensive coordinator for the Packer or for the Bears is going to be Luke Getze. He was the former QB coach. For, for Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers. I don't know how much Aaron Rodgers' QB coach does. I think it's kind of along the lines of Tom Brady's QB coach. So I don't necessarily know if he if I like this hire as, as the offensive coordinator to try to get Justin Fields situated. I mean, you just spent, as the Bears, significant draft capital on Justin Fields. I'm notoriously a hater of defensive head co- head coaches. Yeah. I knew um, as soon as they hired, I knew it was like, oh, Colin hated that. Yeah. Um, I also think, like I said, you invested a lot in, in Justin Fields. You know, go get an offensive coordinator. Go get somebody who can maximize that investment. Yeah. Um, I, I, a former QB coach, though, you know, you know sliding in there is worst thing. He's probably familiar with communicating with the quarterback regularly, you know, just all of those things. Obviously I get that an offensive coordinator does that too. I realized that was stupid. As I said. <laughs> but just having that relationship and knowing obviously how to probably work that relationship um, is a good thing. I don't know. He's, that is very much a um, time will tell hiring for me. I know that's like the, the, the most vanilla answer ever, but I don't really have a read on that, that hire. I don't, I don't know if it's good. I don't know if it's bad. Um, might just be neutral and then whatever happens happens. Yeah. I think it's kind of the same way with like Nathaniel Hackett. Like you don't really know how much, how good they are as a coach just because of the other presences around them while they're during their time there in green Bay. Uh, but we'll keep an eye on that, but that's definitely one that I'm disappointed in. I wanted, I wanted somebody there to be able to maximize. Who who did you want? Did you have somebody in mind? I probably would have wanted Dabble, to be honest with you, mm-hmm. Brian Dabble. I think that would have been a good fit. Um, Josh McDaniels is an offensive mind, at least. So, you know, potentially mm-hmm. an option there. I, you know, but but Dabble would have been the guy that I wanted. And I'm yeah. not a Bears fan either. So, yeah. 
no Ryan Day, which was the rumor for like three days. Yeah. Um, I didn't think Ryan Day was actually going to leave. Did you hear what he said? I did not. He said that he's not. So, I mean, I, you know, coaches say this all the time, but he said something about like his family has no intention of leaving Columbus. So if he goes to take a job somewhere, he's going by himself. <laughs> <laughs> so that was an interesting quote. I don't know if I've heard a coach say that one before. Um, so I don't know. There you go. Ohio State. Get, get your guy for another year. Makes you feel yeah. good about CJ Stroud and Devin that Brown happens. and yeah. Kyle McCoy, whoever's there. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And yeah. all of the numerous receivers that they have and, and all the other offensive skill position players that they have. Um, that's really it though for, for the coaching carousel here. We'll keep an eye on, you know, you said there's there's still a lot of jobs open. So we'll have a, a part deuce, part do at some point. I love when you do that. <laughs> what part do? Yeah. Well, you're the one who did that first. I know. It sounds so much better than you do it, though. Yeah. Well, thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. And we'll just we'll wrap it up here with um, a senior bowl update. Uh, senior bowl, uh, the Reese's senior bowl. I thought it was the Hershey's, Hershey's senior bowl. <laughs> I'm glad I'm glad that you're running this show tonight. So I can't make that mistake two years in a row. That was my most interacted with tweet for months. <laughs> what does that tell you? A lot. Not nothing good that tells you a lot. Uh, yeah. So the, the Reese's senior bowl going on this week here, um, you know, we'll probably talk pretty extensively about this next week after it's wrapped up, after we've heard a lot about, you know, who's looked good, who hasn't, who looked good in the game, um, rumors coming out of there and everything, but we'll touch on it here. Uh, just highlight one player, uh, that you're hearing that's getting good buzz that, you know, you, you really wanted to draw some attention to. Yeah, so let's um let's go with Christian Watson. I think is a guy that has gotten, from what I've seen, more buzz than most. Um, wide receiver there. He plays at um, he's a South Dakota State, right? Uh, I think it was North Dakota. Oh uh, yeah, you're right. It is North Dakota. Okay. It's one of those tiny little Dakota schools that no one cares about. Yeah. Um, well, I think people in at North North Dakota State fans would beg to differ. I mean, they are all they're six a of powerhouse. Them. All six of them. Yeah. Um, he, I mean, he's like six foot four. He's over 200 pounds. He's a big guy. He's a relatively good athlete for that size. Uh, they've said that he's probably been, you know, if not the best wide receiver there this week, then probably a top three or four guy. Um, the problem that I have with that is that I think this is a not a very interesting wide receiver group that's at Mobile. So um, saying that anybody's the best of anybody isn't particularly interesting to me. Um, but I mean, he, yeah, a big moderately athletic guy. I think he might work himself into like round four. I personally don't think I would do that from the limited stuff I've seen of him. I think he's fine, but I don't like he at best. I think he's a team's wide receiver three. I think this is a guy that you don't get caught up on the hype unless he goes really early. And then maybe you start rethinking that. Um, I want to see him at the combine, see what he tests as. Not that that weighs that much for me, but I'm just interested to see how he does there. Um, coming from a small school, I think all those little things can kind of help a, a guy like him uh, boost the profile a little bit. Um, I'm interested to see how he does in the game too, because we have every year we have these, like, he looks great in practice, he looks great in practice, he looks great in practice. So they get in the game, they don't do anything. And while I think the practices are obviously very important for the coaches because they're looking for specific things, I think the game is kind of the place where if you, you know, did well all week and then you go to the game and do nothing when, you know, the lights are on, 
that's a, a slightly concerning. So I, I, I want to highlight him, but I also want to say this isn't a guy where, you know, if I have the 206 or 207 or something, I'm now saying that he's in contention for that pick. I don't think that's the case. No, I would agree with that. I, he's definitely a guy to, to draw attention to and keep an eye on and listen to more buzz, see how he does in the game. But uh, a guy that I do think will be in contention for that 206, 207 range um, is a guy that I wanted to highlight here. That's Brian Robinson Jr., uh, running back from Alabama. Uh, Brian Robinson Jr., was, you know, he was stuck behind Najee Harris for a while there. You know, he, the split touches a lot at Alabama, but. Uh, you know, he really showed out in towards the end of the season, finished the season on a hot note, especially in that game against Cincinnati. Um, he's a, he's a between the tackles guy. You know, he's physical, very, very good contact balance. Uh, you know, I always kind of had some questions about his hands. And honestly, that's one of the things that I'm hearing uh, impressed people the most. Um, he apparently has been looking good catching the passes. He's been looking good running some routes out of the backfield. Uh, so, you know, if we keep hearing buzz like that and, and if he depending on how he tests, he's a guy that could have all of the skills there to be uh, a three down back and coming from Alabama. I think there's a, a decent chance that he gets day two draft capital. If he gets day two draft capital tests, well, three down back. Uh, he's a guy that I think is is flying a little bit under the radar right now that could see a nice rise heading into rookie drafts. Yeah, I think he'll probably get overdrafted a little bit, but I think he's a good player. Like I've I've said this for multiple years now. Like I, people kind of just trashed him. I said he's a better player than the Kylan Hills of the world that everybody wanted to say were better than him. Like I definitely think that that he was a better player than that. Um, but I also think I don't care so much about older prospect at running backs. We only really care about that first contract anyway. After that, you know, it gets it gets sketchy depending on who the guy is. Um where would you take him in a rookie, like a super flex rookie draft? I know obviously league settings differ, mm -hmm. knowing your league mates, sure. all that kind of crap. But if you, you know, had a 12 team league and he goes in the very end of the third round to a neutral landing spot, where would you, where would you take? I'm trying to make this as neutral as possible. There's so many freaking you're factors. Putting, yeah. I was just say you're putting a lot of caveats on this. Thank it, you. You're making this very easy for me to walk back at a later date. If I have, you're to. welcome. That's what I'm here for. So I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, no, honestly, I would probably in that scenario that you laid out, you know, I think day two draft capital is important. So, you know, that'll play a role in it too. Uh, again, I want to see some athletic testing numbers, but everything else with that, I, I think that 206, 207 is, is a solid range for him, honestly. Um, you know, I, I do think he's a candidate who could get overdrafted depending on your league mates. Um, you know, you could see him go as high as 203, 202, because people overvalue the running back position. He's got the Alabama name. But I think overall, I think the 206, 207 range is probably where I would be looking at him right now. So here's a prediction for you. Um, he goes in the fourth round, but he gets selected to a place that has an open backfield, and he is this year's Keyshawn Vaughn. That's my prediction. I'll say, you know, he gets drafted by Atlanta in the fourth round or Miami or Buffalo, one of these teams um, that, that has, you know, a, a, an open backfield, so to speak. So that's going to be my prediction. He gets he goes to one of those spots, not great draft capital, goes way earlier than he should.
Uh, I'll say if he goes to Atlanta, I mean, sign me up because there's nothing else there. You know, the ghost of Cordero Patterson, maybe. <laughs> How did Cordero Patterson die in the in the span of two months? Because he's he's over thirty now at this point. He's oh dead. What are you gonna do with me when I'm over thirty, Colin? That's coming up. <laughs> well, you're gonna all yell at me? <laughs> Take you out to pasture. <laughs> I this is my show. You can't do that to me. <laughs> um, all right, and we'll, we'll, we'll wrap it up this here. Off air. Yeah, we'll, we'll wrap it up here. What's one player who's getting some bad buzz? One player that um, you know you're you're getting maybe a little bit concerned about. So I haven't seen anybody trashing Trey Turner per se, but I definitely haven't seen anybody talking about him either. Um, I thought it was weird that he was invited to this anyway. I definitely didn't think he was the quality of player that I would normally expect at the senior bowl. Um, and they like, I, I, to be honest, like I had to go looking for him to find out like how he was doing like, and that's not a good sign. They said that he's looked really iffy. He's not a, you know, the most dynamic. I wouldn't even say that he has like one skill that he can kind of bank on. Velish Mm -hmm. Jones is there. And I don't think much of Velish Jones is a wide receiver, but he's going to be a return man somewhere. So, and that's probably mostly why he's there. Same with Bill Melton. I didn't expect anything from them. Not saying I expect anything from Trey Turner either, but, as far as I could tell, he wasn't just invited there as a special teams guy. So I think his performance this week has probably been very disappointing. He's probably cost himself quite a bit of money, if, if I had to guess. Yeah, honestly, I have not really heard anything about um, about Trey Turner uh, this week. So Same like, with Alec Pierce, who was getting a lot of buzz. I've heard nothing about him, and he's opted out now. I don't know what happened there. I know he at least he played at least the first day of practice. So mm-hmm. if he got injured, it was after day one or day two or whatever. Interesting. Um, I yeah, I didn't really follow Alec Pierce much there either. To be honest with you, I'm not an Alec Pierce guy at all. Um, yeah, me me either. Kind of a bum. Yeah, um, the guy that I you know wanted to highlight as somebody who you know you've been hearing some bad buzz about is. Um, Cincinnati Bearcats QB Desmond Ritter. Um, he just reportedly has looked very inaccurate. Um, he's had some issues with fumbles too, and you know the the just the being under center. Um, you know he just he was never really the most accurate quarterback there either. Um, so I think you know I was already a little bit concerned about him. You know, I wanted to see how he looked against what is probably the most intriguing group um, position group. There is, is quarterbacks because you have, you know, Carson Strong, Kenny Pickett, um, Malik Willis, Sam Howell. Like the bigger names are all there this year, uh, and Desmond Ritter just really has not been been separating himself up. Uh, you know, apparently he's looked a little bit better today from what I've seen, um, but still just did not. Not really impressing people. He's a guy that we've talked about ad nauseum. Is his skill set doesn't match his tools mm-hmm. at all? Like he doesn't have the tools to be this raw, toolsy 
there's all this there's all this you know potential in there that he just hasn't tapped into yet like i think he kind of is what he is at this point at least that's like i would rather have malik willis over him even though i don't think malik willis is, he at least has the tool like he can throw a ball through a cement wall like he he's got a big arm he's, he's a better athlete like so if i have to hedge on a guy that i don't like i'd rather hedge on malik who has way more tools than a guy like desmond ritter who just has nothing exciting about him yeah yeah honestly i you know i kind of thought of him as the the kellen mond of of this year's class but i actually think as i've been watching a little bit more desmond ritter i think i like kellen mond a little bit better he floats everything it's Mm -hmm. honestly absurd i cannot remember watching a quarterback float as much stuff as he does i think at this point it's he is what he is like Mm -hmm. you can only fix that so much yep yeah I'd be surprised if he gets day one draft capital at this point. You know, I, I think, would be shocked. Yeah, yeah. I think you're looking more like end of round two, somewhere maybe in round three. Yeah. Um, but all right, that's going to do it for us here. Uh, we will be bringing you Canton Bound regularly now again uh, on your Thursdays. Uh, we will also be bringing you Campus Life on Mondays, just like Tuesdays. normal. Nothing. Oh, we record on Mondays. Yeah, that's right. Um. So it'll drop on Tuesdays. Um, rate and review the show. Uh, you know, Apple Podcasts, you can do that there. But you can now rate on Spotify as well. Uh, I've been rating podcasts on there that I've been listening to and I like. It's very easy. Literally just a click of the button. Um, so, you know, give us a five-star review. Uh, check out the other family of pods that we have on the Campus to Canton Podcast Network. Uh, we added Chasing the Natty. Uh, that's a C, uh, college fantasy football focused podcast hosted by our new CFF lead, Jared, uh, at CFF Jared. Check him out on Twitter. Check out the CTN podcast. We got Debbie Debate on there. Why wait till Sunday? The FF Roundtable. Uh, we also have the Daily Draft Report uh, hosted by Dwight Peebles. And he's bringing on guests every week. They're doing 15 to 20 minute breakdowns of draft prospects. Uh, so if you're interested in the rookie drafts, this is a great podcast. Definitely check this out. Um, but that's going to do it for us here tonight. As always, I'm Colin. And this is Austin. And have a good one.